Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Welcome to Crossbridge. I want to welcome those that are online campus at our Peru campus, as well as our Morris campus. I'm thankful that we are one church that gathers in a variety of locations, and there's a lot of people in a lot of different locations that would call Crossbridge home. Uh, this is the Christmas season. We're in the second week of our series, um, Expecting the Unexpected. And, and one of the things about Christmas that I love around Crossbridge is that in years past, we've had the privilege and the opportunity to be generous. And we've done something called the Blessing Project, which basically means we pick a family in need and we have them show up somewhere. They don't have any idea. And all of us show up somewhere at the same time. And then we have them step out, bring a bucket, and people, we all get out of our cars at the same time and we bless them. And it's a beautiful thing that I have so enjoyed being a part of. This year, we thought we'd do it a little different. Um, I thought, you know, I really want everyone to be able to participate in this. And what is the best way to make that happen? We, we have the weekend of December 22nd, which actually kind of falls right in the middle of our big Christmas at Crossbridge. And so what we're planning on that weekend is that you will show up at your campuses, you'll sing a couple songs, you're going to hear from your campus pastor, and then they're going to lead you to go as a group together somewhere to bless someone. And uh, I just want you to be thinking about that, preparing for that. We've also got something really cool happening this weekend where some of you are going to find some money in, in an envelope that you were handed on the way in a giving envelope that you don't have to necessarily put it in there, but you're going to see there's like, I think there's four at each of our campuses, like there's four, each, you know, four of uh, envelopes that you're going to find somewhere that you have them right now that um, when you pull out the money in that envelope, you're going to see like, hey, that might be a blessing to you. Maybe you need it and consider it a blessing. But the other thought would be this, that what if you took that and you used it to bless someone this week, that you would trust that God could lead you to the right person who might need it and that it would reflect and point to him. And then we would love to hear those stories of how God has used that, um, that you could share with us through our website. So anyway, um, I'm excited. Uh, Christmas is a great time to give back. And we get to do that together here at Crossbridge. I want to pray before we go any further. Father, thank you so much for today and for the opportunity to share another one of your stories. And I pray that your word would come to life for us today, that we'd hear from you, that your spirit would speak. Whether we're sitting behind a, a computer screen, we're looking at a telephone, or we're sitting in one of our physical campuses, that God, it would be about your presence and your voice, your spirit, telling us the truth. And God, I pray that we would hear that, we would apply it, we would do our best to be obedient to your voice. I ask for your help today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. It's the story of John the Baptist. Some of you might know that story. Um, if you don't, that's okay. I'm going to read it to you, but here we go. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, that's a key word today, in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. 
John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with the water uh, for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now again, you may think this is an odd Christmas passage. If you were, if you were here last week, um, we preached a unique passage again at, at Christmas um, that, that you probably thought was unique. But this is a great story. And what you have here is John the Baptist and, um, who's preparing the way. And I want you to listen to how John is described. Matthew chapter 3 verse 4 says, John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. Now, I don't know about you, but when I picture him, I picture like just this rough looking fella out in the middle of the wilderness. Um, I picture him unshaven, no, nothing against that, right? Uh, and I just picture him kind of a, a very rugged individual. But I also think this, I, I think there is some, um, the, the reason we get this picture, that this actual picture of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist it would have resonated with the people and it would have said, this is a messenger from God to be listened to. There was a great prophet named Elijah who was um, in their past, in the past history of God's people, who was uh, used to reveal God's truth. Listen to this passage in 2 Kings. A man came to meet us, they replied, and he said to us, go back to the king who sent you and tell him. This is what the Lord says. It is because there is no God in Israel that you are sending messengers to consult Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. Therefore, you will not leave the bed you're lying on. You will certainly die. They replied, he had a garment of hair and had a leather belt around his waist. Now, I, I just want to set the stage here. This is a picture, like, this is not just some rugged, crazy man out in the middle of the wilderness that uh, folks are like, who is this? There is a sense that what he's getting ready to say, the message that he has is from God and we need to listen. So what was that message he was communicating? Listen to these first three verses again. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, now here it is, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is who, who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. You know, um, let's talk about this message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repentance is a really, really important part of our relationship with God. In fact, um, I, I think what John is trying to say is if we're gonna make room like to receive God, to be in relationship with him, repentance has to be at the center of that, that it is, it is critical. 
when I think about repentance, I, I think about this whole idea of turning around. You've heard me talk about that before, that it's, it's turning away from our sin and turning towards God and his forgiveness and new life for us. I was reminded of that over Thanksgiving. My family and I, we jumped in our car on a, on a Monday, uh, the Monday of Thanksgiving week at 4 p.m., and we drove west. In fact, we, we got on Interstate 80, and we just kept driving and driving. And our goal was to get to Omaha that night to spend the night. We were headed to Denver, Colorado, uh, to see my brother-in-law and my wife's family. In the midst of traveling, we got to Omaha, and I was doing the driving, and I thought, man, I still feel good. So we went even further. And I got to like the next town and I thought, man, I still feel good. So I went further and we just kept traveling and we kept traveling and it was two in the morning and I was still like wide-eyed, ready to go. And at this point, it's become kind of competitive for me. And I thought, I'm going to finish this thing. Like I'm going to get to Denver in one shot. And, and I had three hours left. I get to the border of Colorado, getting ready to shift on interstate, I believe 36. And all of a sudden I look up and, and there's this, there's this uh, electronic sign that says, interstate closed. I, at first I thought, like, really? Like, maybe that sign's wrong. So I drove a little further. As I drove a little further, I got to where the interstate shifted. And sure enough, emergency vehicles, pointing people off, done. So we pulled off, turned around, actually went back to the previous exit, had to get a hotel room, and basically sit and wait till 5 o'clock the next day when they opened the interstate. Now, I'll tell you, um, I was very disappointed at two in the morning. Uh, I, I really, like, I did not want to turn around. In fact, my wife said, this was her suggestion. She said, well, like, surely we could find like a, like a state highway or a back way, right? A, a back way, like to Denver, right? I don't think so. I was not voting for that. And so, but here's what was, here's what was very clear. There was no option. There was no option but to turn around. That was it. Weren't going forward. Um, no option but to turn around and go get a hotel or sleep in the car. You know, Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 says this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, turn around, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Acts 3 says it like this. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That's a great passage that really gets at the heart of this. See, repentance, I want you to think about this way. Repentance isn't just seeking forgiveness, but it means a complete new way of thinking and living. Listen to Matthew chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. And here's what it says they did. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Confessing is one thing, right? To confess our sins that we might be forgiven, but then to be baptized was also a significant piece of this, which said, I'm taking off my outer garments. I'm leaving my old clothes behind. I'm putting on new clothes because I'm walking in a new way. I'm walking into new life. Sometimes I think we're fearful of repentance or this idea of turning around to turning away from our current life and beginning to follow God because it's, it's like this adventure in front of us that we really can't see. It's the unknown of that that I think scares us. I was having a conversation with a couple 
just this last week, I was sitting down in a coffee shop and I was talking with them. They're probably watching this right now. And, um, and one of the things they said to me is they said, our lives are so different since coming to Crossbridge. They showed up at Crossbridge in 2017 and, um, and God has done this miraculous work in their life. He, he had an addiction to pornography and she had an addiction to alcohol and, and both of them were just struggling. And as we sat there, they said, our lives are so different. Like both of those, God has delivered them from both of those things. God continues to walk with them and help them. And now they have a, a, a new little baby. And like life is just at a whole different place because they turn towards him. And not only did, did he wipe away their past, but he also set them on a new journey, which they are enjoying greatly. God has done an incredible thing. And in fact, it reminds me too, when I think about repentance, Proverbs 28 says this, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. This is really, really important. I think when we're thinking about repentance and we're thinking about turning from our sin, number one, we have to get to the place where we just admit there's no other option but to turn around. I think there's oftentimes when we do exactly what my wife was encouraging me to do, which was find another way. Like, go around the barricade, keep moving forward, whatever you have to do. Like, they just don't want to turn around. And, and here's what I would say. I think the first step of this relationship with God, the first step of making a way where we truly can have this relationship that allows us to expect the unexpected, to see God work in our life in new ways, is just to be honest that we need to turn around. To, to not conceal our sin but to be willing to bring it to the surface and admit it and say, I need to do something different. I need a change in my life. I think about that when it says conceal. When you conceal your sin, you do not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces the sin finds mercy. I was um, sitting in the midst of uh, the holiday, Thanksgiving. I was sitting around the living room and, uh, and I was like half out of it, you know, kind of the, the turkey hangover in my stomach, sitting on the couch. And, um, and, and I, I was listening and, and all of a sudden I, I just heard this little, like a little something. Rachel kind of, my wife shared this, she shared this information about getting a little late to get Tamara to the movie, da, 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 da. And Tamara said, yeah, you know why you were late, something, da, da, da. And all I could tell was I, I was just awake enough that I looked and Rachel went and I gave her this look. She gave her this look that would say, don't tell that story, which instantly caused me to perk up and say, what, what, why, why were you late? And, and then she was like, she got a little smile on her face and she was like, um, I mean, we, um, we, we were just late. And the story actually came out from a week or two ago. My wife got pulled over. Now this is happening. I'm telling this at other campuses. So she won't know I told the story, but she got pulled over, but she wasn't going to tell me until Tamara, <laughs> my daughter revealed, right? Confessed this. And so it was a little bit of fun at Thanksgiving, but the truth is we know when there's certain things in our life, we love to conceal them. It's, it's sometimes it feels so much easier to conceal it than to reveal it. But in the midst of our relationship with God, here's what the truth tells us. If we will reveal it, that's when it can be forgiven and put behind us and we can begin to move forward in our relationship with him. Never good to conceal. 
See, and then here's the other thing I'd say about repentance that you're going to see in this passage. True repentance, like true turning around from our sin and true like turning towards God will always, will always be visible. I tell my son t- sometimes, um, to be honest, I, I raised, you know, I've got two teenagers and most of the time it's, it's wonderful, but there are times where, you know, you, if you've raised teenagers, you know this, it is so frustrating. And, and I'll say this about my son. There's times when I tell him the same things over and over and over. And I try to be patient, but sometimes like I, I just, I just can't because I think I've said that three different times, right? And so many times I tell him, hey, how many times do I got to tell you? I got to tell you over and over and over. See, the, my heavenly father does the same thing to me all the time. It's so easy for me to cast judgment on my son when the truth is my heavenly father does the same thing to me. I imagine he says, how many times do I have to tell you the same thing over and over and over? The reason you are at the place you're at is because you just continue not to listen to me. Most of us can resonate with that story when it comes to our spiritual lives. That there are times we are just hard-headed about turning towards him and doing what he asks us to do. Matthew 3, 8, in that passage I read you, here's what it says. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You you hear that? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. What it's saying is, as you make that turn, it should show up in your life. As you turn away from your sin and you turn towards God and you begin to say, man, I want like new life in me, it should show, it should produce something in you that looks less about you and looks more like him. Our words and our actions have to sync up. In fact, even another thing that was in this passage that I thought was really good was, if you notice, when the religious leaders entered, um, you know, when Jesus was sharing, he wasn't real nice to them. In fact, if anything, he was sending a warning because he's saying, hey, and we've seen this in other places in scripture too, you guys are really good at talking about this. But I think what he was trying to say is, I don't see much fruit that is consistent with repentance. And then, um, you know, as we move through this too, um, here's one of the things that I think is really, really important. Um, and I hope really connects with you today. The setting of this story is extremely meaningful. In fact, um, if you notice, and I, and I said that to you when we first started, when I first started reading, I said, this is really important because it says in, um, right here in that first verse, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. The wilderness. You know, um, when, I, when I think about that, um, what does it look like Well, we know what it looks like. For many of you, if I could just be honest for a moment, you're at a place which you might say feels like wilderness. When I say wilderness, I think of harsh places. I think of difficult places. I think of grieving kinds of places. I, I think of this hopeless kind of feeling that nothing will ever change kind of place. It's those dark, desolate, I feel alone I don't see a way forward. Um, that's how I would define wilderness, and that's how we see it throughout Scripture. In fact, here, here's one of the interesting things, is that God's story has been center stage in the wilderness many times before this. That God is not a stranger to seeing his people in the wilderness and being next to him. Moses heard from God in the wilderness. 
there was a point where God spoke to him through a bush, if you remember, and you could kind of picture that in this wilderness kind of setting. The people of God found themselves in the wilderness and God provided for them there. If you looked back in scripture, you could see that God led them by a cloud during the day. He led them by fire at night. He provided food and water when they needed it. In fact, it said manna was like coming down. Um, and, and each morning they would pick it up and they would eat it. I think about Jesus and his story is that he spent 40 days in the wilderness. You know, God has been with people in the harshest of places over and over and over. I hoped as I was reading this um, this week and I was thinking about how to communicate to this to you, I was hoping that for some of you, this really might resonate that we don't have to be in our best place to have a relationship with God. In fact, we don't even have to be at a good place to have a relationship with God. We can be in the most wilderness kind of place in our life, the harshest of places in our life. And here's what you see, that God meets his people there. God isn't scared of your hard place. God isn't scared, scared of your hopeless kind of place. If anything, God says, I want to meet you in that place. You know, I, I will say this. Um, when I think about my own life and I think about my own journey, I've had some wilderness kind of places. I've had some places where I just didn't feel good about what was going on in my life. I've had some places where I didn't feel good about what was going on in my family. I've, I've had some places where I was dealing with grief, the loss of my brother, the loss of my dad, and, and grief has a way of taking us down this very dark path that feels extremely isolated and feels alone. And, and I'll just tell you, um, I would, <laughs> even to this day, I would never be one who would ask to go to the wilderness. My prayer time is not, God, lead me into these wilderness kind of places so I can experience you more. I wish I was mature enough to say that. I am not. I would prefer to avoid the wilderness 10 out of 10 days. But here's what I also know. That if you'll open your heart in the wilderness, God has something for you there. That when I think back to those places, that sometimes hard times in family, hard times Maybe at work and finding purpose, hard times in the midst of grief, hard times in the midst of sickness, hard times in the midst of feeling hopeless or isolated, that those are the places in my life when I look back that God entered, that he entered and he reminded me that he was with me, that he, he spoke into me. But, but I'll also tell you this, I think many times when we're talking about repentance, we talk about it more, we, we tend to frame it that we're turning from the negative. It's what we're turning from. I'm turning from sin. I'm turning from death. But I also want you to think about this. You're not just turning from something. You're turning towards something. You're not just leaning away from something. You're leaning into something. And so when God's invitation is to repent, there is a sense of don't lean in to sin or lean into something that takes you opposite direction of me. But what would it look like for you to lean into me when you need me most? I think that's a powerful place. What I want us to consider is this. What would it look like 
for us to invite God into our wilderness places. Those places we want to avoid, those places that we don't want to confront, the hard places. Now here's the truth. That hard place, if, if you will not turn away from God in it, but you will turn towards him, just might be the place that God does something unexpected in your life. That maybe when you would think, man, nothing good could come of this, that God might surprise you and he might show up in a way in which deep, deep down he does something that he could have only done with you in the wilderness. You know, my hope is this, is that as you listen to this story and as we reflect on it, moving towards Christmas, you will see the hope in it. That not only did God break in to send his son, but God continues to break in and God continues to invite us to turn towards him that he might do a little unexpected new work in the midst of each of us. Would you bow your head? Father, I thank you. I thank you that, man, you don't forsake us. That you invite us to turn towards you. And even in the harshest of places, that God, you can bring new energy, new life, new opportunity. That even in desert kinds of places, we could experience growth. We could see fruit. God, I think the tendency for us is when chips are down and hope is lost is that we tend to sometimes assess blame to you and turn away from you versus towards you. And God, I pray today, may you whisper in our hearts, may you remind us that you are there. May you remind us that you care. God, as you do, I pray that we would embrace you. I give you thanks today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.